0: This is Blockbuster Film School Office Hours! Blockbuster Film School Office Hours! It's Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Office Hours. Office Hours. hours.
1: Welcome to the Blockbuster Film School, ladies and gentlemen and anybody else who does not consider themselves those things. You are here because you're students of the Blockbuster Film School. You are also in the worldwide lockdown. Are you a prison snitch? Because you're going to get prison stitches if you are doing that. Don't do that. Now, you are asking yourself, what should I watch? What should I watch on the premium stream services? We're going to tell you, but before we do that, we're going to introduce ourselves. I'm Alex Bonner. I am vice overlord of the Blockbuster Film School Kingdom, joined, as always, by the Emperor himself, Mr. Nicholas Souder.
0: I prefer to go by Amadeus these days.
1: Oh, yes, Mr. Amadeus Souder, <laughs> N-A-S. Nas, as he likes to be called sometimes. We are here. Life's a bitch, then you die. <laughs> that is true, Nas. I'm going to call you that from now on. But we're here because you want some picks on the top streaming services, the hot streaming services. And we're here to tell you that we're going to give you a good one this time. This time, we're choosing the Ridge streaming service before it was even a streaming service. That is the home box office, HBO. Hot Boy Orifice was also an original thing they were going to try for. They didn't like it. But this one was the harder one for me because if you guys have streaming HBO, either on HBO Go or...
0: HBO Now.
1: Yeah, HBO. There is a plethora. Yes, the HBO channel on Amazon Prime, however you have it. Um, there are a lot of movies yeah. to watch. So we picked, we picked six this time with probably a couple of shout-outs in there as well. This was the hardest one to choose from, I think. So if you're a big movie nerd like me and Nick and super producer Brian Tips, then you want to give yourself a little treat before the money runs out and we all turn Mad Max on each other. Give yourself a little treat. Get yourself that $10 a month HBO <laughs> allowance so you can watch some of the best movies running around. I think of the streaming services, HBO has maybe the most movies to choose from, possibly.
0: They also have a bunch of series that are basically movies. Some great ones. We haven't even done,
1: well, maybe that'll be another one we do where we- pick, I would
0: love to do that.
1: Let's do that. We'll, we'll do that where, because the thing that me and Nick talked about, and we'll just do this real quick, but that in my mind, HBO does not really have television shows like the other networks. They have long movies. The Wire is a 60-hour movie. Boardwalk Empire is a 40-hour movie. It is not a television show. It is one big, ornate, with A-list movie stars movie. Chernobyl is a, you know, five-hour-long movie that is amazing. Okay, so we'll go into that kind of stuff a different day. We're doing movies here right now, okay? So here at the Blackbush Film
0: School, we're going to give you some picks. Nick, what is your first HBO pick? The John Carpenter Video rental classic because nobody saw this in theaters. No, we've seen in theaters since. Yes, Big Trouble, Little China. Yes, Kurt fucking Russell in his prime. Prime.
1: Oh, dude, one of the better scores that Carpenter ever put together. His fun score. What's your favorite part of uh, Big Trouble in Little China? Is it Kurt Russell's hair?
0: It's Kurt Russell's hair. Every time it's Kurt Russell's hair. <laughs> my favorite part, honestly, is just, it's such a stupid gag, but it's a great gif. It was Kurt Russell just, ah, and he shoots the gun up and the fucking the, everything falls on his head. He is such a dopey ass hero in yes. this movie. It's so good. He's a truck he, driver. He's a truck driver. <laughs> he drives a pork chop express. He does. It's the name of the theme song John Carpenter wrote. Yes. This movie, my real favorite scene, yeah. is the first scene when like they drive into the alley and the, there's the funeral and then the other gang shows up oh, and there's yes. that first initial scene and then uh, Raiden from Mortal Kombat shows up it's I, amazing it's this amazing movie is so fucking good it's
1: amazing i am a big fan of that scene where they're at the airport and they first uh oh, kidnap yeah, Samantha chase. from Sex and the City and also
0: he's he's just, just a
1: he's just a dick to uh these super dangerous triad yeah. gangsters he he's, give just, a shit. he's like what, what are you idiots doing here i love it and also It is surprisingly not racist. I want to say that. Like, I give John Carpenter a lot of credit. For the 80s, it was as close as they could get to making a big-budget Hollywood action movie that was about Asian characters, with everyone being Asian characters, with the fact that they had to have Kurt Russell and um, Mannequin be the main stars. because Yes. But I went as Jack Burton for Halloween one time. I... I love this movie. It's amazing. And My
0: pajamas are his outfit. It's, it's so cool. It's a onesie. I will say this. There are no other movies like Big Trouble in Little Child. There isn't. There isn't. And Because that movie made so little money at the box <laughs> office. There never will no, be. There never will. It was so different. You could see old, cool
1: San Francisco. It's fucking fun, man. Yes. Yes. In these dark times, this is a great one this to see. This is a see. fun movie. Even that beginning scene where... The guy who sells the Mogwai is being interviewed by a lawyer and magic (laughs) lightning bolts go. between. I mean, it's amazing. Do yourself a favor. First pick. Also agreed. Double thumbs up. Double whammy from Blacklist Film School. Do yourself a favor. If you haven't seen Big Trouble in Little China. There's also you get to see John Carpenter direct in a way that's not horror. I mean, it's got a little it's got some edges of spooky and obviously action, but. It's him being fun, being bright, and it's wild. I love it.
0: Also, Uh, don't forget, it's all in the reflexes. It's all in the reflexes, baby.
1: So my first pick, this was a surprising one to me. I've bashed on Robert Rodriguez a lot on this show. Since I've met you. Yes, yes. And I have to say this blew my mind. I don't know how he directed this because it was kind of super amazing to me, but I don't know what the stats were on it when it came out. But it came out recently. It's called Alita Battle Angel. It has Christoph Waltz, Marshal Ali, and a lot of really cool actors in it. And it is wild. It's a wild sci-fi movie that is about the nature of what it is to be human and has amazing action sequences in it. And the look of this world is so cool. I watched it twice. I didn't understand. Maybe Robert Rodriguez got taken by aliens and they, like, put information into his brain to make him better at directing movies and action sequences. I don't know what happened. I don't know how he could helm this, but he did. And it's such a big-budget, crazy movie. And I really kind of dug it. I really dug the shit out of it. Nick, did you see Alita, Battle Angel, or *Brian*, Super Producer Brian Taps? I've not seen it. I would ask you to watch it. I would. I truly would. I, I would love to get your opinion on it. I'd love to get the opinion of the Blockbuster Film School student's body. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Instagram particularly, I think that's where we will respond the fastest to you. But, yeah, I I dug it. I dug it. So, that's my first HBO pick. Nick, what's what's another um, HBO pick for
0: you? It's a man who hasn't gotten his own episode yet. Mm. but We mentioned him all the fucking time. It is... Paul Thomas Anderson's comedy, yes. his first comedy. Mm. It's Punch Drunk Love. It is. His little M. Sandler movie. He made an
1: Adam Sandler movie and it's awesome. It's so great. Has you more often?
0: Shut, 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 shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. I've been saying this forever since this yes. movie came out. You can teach an entire class on the first like mm. 30 minutes of this movie on directing. The score doesn't stop for the first thirty minutes, yeah, everything syncs up every this movie it's so high paced just to so how like out of control oh. how little control he has over his life, and then everything just switches, everything just changes
1: I, I will get in I literally wrote one of my senior thesis senior thesis of screenwriting about psychology in film about how p t s movies are. Jungian, Carl Jung psychology versus what most films are in Freudian and we'll do that on the P.T. Anderson get really big into it but the idea of how most most movies kind of go with this thing where bad things happen because bad guys are bad guys or good guys are good guys and they need to figure something out or there's a conflict but the idea of Jungian thing that just maybe your life sucks because you're surrounded by people who suck and if you slowly figure out a way to surround yourself with people who are good your life will get better And you will be better because you have talents that maybe these people cannot see. And even though it is a comedy, even though it is a romance, it's so different than anything else. For me, in a lot of ways, solidifies PT as like an absolute master director because it is so different than a lot of his stuff. For him to pull it off so masterfully, I mean, what kind of directors can really turn and pivot and do something I mean, you're literally talking about, like, Kubrick and stuff. You're talking about maybe a couple of people who could do other genres, other psychologies, other ways of thinking, and make Adam Sandler into a semi-dramatic actor. I mean, it's crazy shit. Also, Emily Blunt? Is that who it is? Emily? Yeah. Dude, she's amazing in it. Also, Sarah Silverman is his dickhead sister. I <laughs> His dickhead sisters. Uh, so many of them. So... so gay boy. That is not derogatory. We are not using that, but the term gay boy comes up in that movie, and- it's and then
0: he bashes a bunch of fucking he windows
1: out. A window. It's amazing. Screen doors. Yes, yes. So yeah, no, I love that movie. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Do you have any other Punch truck thoughts before we move on to the next pick? Bring back Luis Guzman. Oh yes, he was kind of dope in that first season of Narcos. But yeah, that was. I think that's the last time I saw him. Was like, yeah, and I can't that look.
0: in like some local commercials. <laughs>
1: yes. Hey Luis, we love you. You can come on come the show. Come on the show. We'll do a Luis Guzman episode. You can be here. We'll do it. Yeah, It'll be amazing. The Limey, you're great in it. All your Soderbergh stuff.
0: P.T. and Soderbergh love Luis Guzman. Other people should hire him. I love those two men. I love him because Mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. What's your uh, your second pick Oh, my next pick. uh, What's your next Nick
1: pick? My next Nick pick is the David Fincher comedy classic, his first comedy. A movie that changed the brains of a lot of high school people in the late 90s, early 2000s a movie that bombed at the box office but blew up on DVD because it was one of the first DVDs, and also because Brad Pitt turns out looks fucking amazing when he's beating the shit out of people with his shirt off. It is called Fight Club. Mm. The first rule of Fight Club is that you talk about Brad Pitt and his his hot V in Fight Club. Sex abs. Sex abs. He beats Jared Leto mercilessly.
0: I mean, uh, he doesn't, but technically he does. Yeah.
1: Well, oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. There is a twist. It's just a fun movie. It's just preposterous. It's a ride. You start watching it, and if you have any sort of, like, a little bit of that edge in you, if you have a little bit of Bart Simpson in you at all, you start being like, yeah, yeah. Let's all start fight clubs and burn down the world. I don't know. It just, it has this sort of,
0: I don't I know. wouldn't mind losing all my credit card debt right now. Helen Bottom Carter looks.
1: She is so good in this it's movie. It's her coolest movie. Ed Norton is Ed Norton, and he's crushing. He's literally crushing, literally crushing Jared Leto's face. It's a wild movie. It's unlike any other movie that's ever been made. Nobody's ever made a movie like this before or again. I can't. What's another thing like Fight Club? Operation Dumbo Drop, Where they make all those Dumbo's fight. I love it. I think you can watch it anytime. It tells you different things at different points of your life. It's an interesting, it's an interesting fucking movie. And there's a reason that it's become such a cultural touchstone. And there are so many, you know, self-improvement is masturbation. Self-destruction, that's freedom. There's a certain cachet to the writing. I love it. I read Palinuk's book. I don't know if I pronounced that correct, but it's very, very close. He writes epic poems that are masked as novels, but it's very, very close to the movie. And it has that attitude and that poetry and that otherworldliness. I don't know. It's, do you like uh, Fight Club, Nick?
0: To quote Renee Zellweger, you had
1: me at David Fincher. (laughs) Oh, David Fincher's look of everything, too. Everything looks so cool. The Starbucks Galaxy, (laughs) the Microsoft Universe. There's so much weird, crazy stuff in that movie. Do yourself a favor. If you've never seen Fight Club or if you haven't seen it in a while, watch watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. It's on HBO. It's streaming. Do yourself a favor. Nick, what's your next pick?
0: My next pick is a movie I haven't seen in quite some time, mm. but HBO has such a library. Ooh. I saw this and I could not let it go. Okay. It is Three Fugitives. Okay. It's starring Nick Nolte, James Earl Jones, and Martin Short. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So essentially, Nick Nolte gets out of jail. He gets dropped off at a bank so he could get some money to go start his life over. Mm-hmm. And then Martin Short, like an asshole, runs in there wearing pantyhose on his head, holding a grenade, and tries to rob the bank. He faints because he's Martin Short. Yes. And then Nick Nolte drags his ass out of there in front of the cops, and they have to drive off. Also, Martin Short's kid is involved. She doesn't speak. It's a dramedy, but it's very funny. Yes. It's kind of heartfelt. And also, here's the thing. Martin Short, being Martin Short is amazing. Yes. But Nick Nolte yelling at people is, like, one of my favorite things to watch ever. I, yes, I agree. He's got the vein that pops out of his head. <laughs> oh my God, it's so great.
1: Especially 90s Nick Nolte. Yeah.
0: He's so. Between that and the thin red line, it's like, he, I don't know how he's oh, alive.
1: Oh God. Nick Nolte. You're going to take that hill. You're going to take it now. Nick Nolte in the thin red line. So good. Yeah. That scene with him and Sean Penn and the, well, they're sitting in the tall grass. So spooky and good. Um, but yes, no, I, I have not seen that in a very long time. I've not, I've rented that, I believe, on VHS. And I would like to watch that again. And I appreciate this recommendation. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to watch that movie. Yeah. I'll
0: watch it with you. Yes. Also, the first time I saw it was on HBO. Oh, so, my
1: God. Full circle. The circle of life. What is that,
0: Nietzsche? Go fuck yourself.
1: <laughs> Times a flat circle. So, my next pick will be the beginning of the true modern era of sci-fi. It is the modern era of female protagonists in cinema. And it is Ridley Scott's. Alien. We had an amazing Scorny Weaver episode. There will one day be a Ridley Scott episode, I am sure. Possibly double. Possibly two. But, if you have not seen Alien, I understand that James Cameron's Aliens is amazing. It is. But, Alien is one of the coolest, most well-crafted movies in the history of cinema. It's amazingly written. It's amazingly acted. The sets, the costumes, the way it looks... I show it to people and tell them that it came out in the late 70s and they don't understand what I'm saying because it looks better than movies that come out now. And that is not a sort of, oh, it but better. No, it looks better than movies that come out now. It's insane. And before this, all sci-fi was, the monster from Mars has come to turn your children gay with a light ray. You know, it's like nonsense. It's take your goddamn hands off me, you damn dirty ape. And then there is this. We love this movie, Nick. Will you just give me some alien thoughts? Just some quick thoughts for these people on our picks.
0: I've never seen it. Oh, <laughs> Alien is a perfect movie. You have Harry Dean Stanton. You mm. have Tom Skerritt, Sigourney Weaver, Yafet Ian Cotto. Holm, Yaphet Oh man, this movie—you cannot go wrong, Jonesy. Jonesy. This you can't go wrong with this film. It is everything you said is correct. Yeah. Also, it's super tense. There yeah. mo- moments where it's fucking scary as hell. Yes. The first time I saw this, my cousin and I watched it on USA in the middle of the day, and we literally walked out of the room because oh. we were freaking out. I love this it. This movie is so good. I don't own hats, but I bought the hat that Harry Dean Stanton wears in that movie because I saw it, and I was like, I need this hat.
1: I love it. I love it. And I have to say, Also with like the design work where there were these two artists that Ridley Scott took, H.R. Geiger, who has this very gothic but industrial look of how the alien would look and how the alien's world would look. And then combined it with Sid Mead, who is this futurist who had this very kind of clean but dirty and how the future might look and combine the two worlds so that our Sid Mead world runs up against the HR Geiger alien world. And it makes a movie that looks like nothing anyone's ever seen before. It's unbelievable. Also,
0: if you are an aspiring filmmaker and you're watching this, mm -hmm. really Scott didn't direct his first movie until 37. This is his second movie. He directed this at 39. This is his second film. Yeah. It is never too late to make a movie. No, no. And yeah, I mean, also, be a very powerful
1: and important maker of commercials in England, so that you and your brother are stinking rich. I'm just by that hey, po- hey just <laughs>
0: let them run with it. Let them run with it. <laughs> sorry, it's I'm a sorry. Dark I'm, time, Alex. All
1: right,
0: what's uh, what's your Nick pick? What's the next one? Oh man, I still remember seeing this in the theaters. Mm. It's what about Bob? What about... It's what about Bob? New Hampshire? Oh man, a lake, a Winnipesaukee, mm-hmm. also very youngian. Yeah. Literally
1: directly goes against the idea of Freud. Yeah. That a man who is being told by the world that he is a agoraphobe, that he is wrong. His brain is wrong. He is crazy. And then if you take him out of the environment he's in and put him in another environment, he thrives and everyone loves him. And his kookiness saves a family, but also destroys. He becomes new dad. He's cool dad. Yeah. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Destroys old dad. (laughs) I love that movie. It's hilarious. It's sort of feel-good, but also a little dark. Oh, it's dark as fuck. Is it Frank Oz? It is Frank Oz. Yes. Yeah. And that Frank Oz edge where it's feel-good, but also one character has to be destroyed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The movie ends with Dr. Leo Marvin, played by Richard Dreyfuss. Yes. Coming out of a catatonic coma (laughs) while his sister marries this buffoon that ruined his life. Slash saved his family. I know. I know. (laughs) By destroying... Was the better dad. Yeah. Yeah. His kids are better
1: off with Bob.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know. I just I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. But Doctor Leo Marvin, Doctor Doctor Leo Marvin, baby steps
0: around the office. <laughs> I, baby steps out of the office. I, it's
1: another one that I'm just. If you haven't seen What About Bob, I mean, what the fuck are you doing? You're just sitting in your house being depressed. This will blow your mind. It will blow your mind. It's one of the best Bill Murray comedies. It is the second best Richard Dreyfuss movie after Jaws. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's What About Bob?
0: and That wiener kid from uh, mm-hmm. Hooks in it. He's really good. His name is Siggy. Siggy, like Sigmund
1: Freud. Like, they are up your butt with weird psychology stuff, and it's kind of fun in a sort of hilarious way. So if you want, like, a crash course in what certain types of philosophies are and how certain people behave, check out What About Bob?
0: Roses are red. Violets are blue. I'm a schizophrenic, and so am I. <laughs>
1: On that note... On that transition, I'm going to go into my next pick to keep this moving. And I'm going to go with also a movie about crazy people. The first Monty Python movie without Graham Chapman. The first one that was made by a truly American Hollywood audience. Doesn't have all of the members, but a lot of them. And then they brought in um, Kevin Kevin Klein Klein and Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Thank you for this. Thank you for helping. This is why you're from school. Had a little moment there. Uh, Kevin Klein won an Oscar. He is amazing in this. He's a character you'll never see in any other way. He is this super charming, super interesting, but a huge moronic dickhead assassin who thinks he's way smarter than he is. And he's a schmuck. He's a schmuck. He is a schmuck. And John Lisgow is it? I mean, it's. I can't go into how amazing. John or not John Lisgow. John Cleese. Uh, John Cleese. Excuse me. Terribly. We've
0: watch- watched a lot of John Lithgow movies. Yeah. Over <laughs> the last
1: couple of days. <laughs> They're all terrible. That's true. But it's basically Monty Python, right? Michael Palin is awesome in it. Yes, he is. The scene, and I'm spoiling this a little bit, but the scene where like, Michael Palin has a stutter the entire movie, it is such a almost wonderful gag. That's not even funny, really. It's poetic. It's magical realism. He has a stutter his entire life. And then when Wanda kisses him, He can speak just fine. There's so many little notes, little moments, things that stick in my head that the entire reason Wanda likes Kevin Kline's dumb character is that he speaks Italian to her. But then when John Cleese starts speaking Russian to her, she's like, it's much more... I don't know. There's there's these weird little tropes that she likes that more. I don't... And it's such a weird... It's such a weird movie, but it's so well executed, and it's a crime heist movie, and...
0: Do you like A Fish Called Wanda, Nick? Love that movie. Yes. A lot more than the... Soft sequel that came out in like 1994. Oh, I know.
1: Right. Or, or other than Holy Grail, a lot of the other Monty Python movies. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, Holy Grail is Holy Grail.
0: Holy Grail is Holy Grail. Right. And then the other two are the other two. Yeah.
1: But I would say Fish Called Wanda is the also amazing and second best. If you love Monty Python, then you need to see Fish Called Wanda. If you like. Jamie Lee Curtis and crazy 80s heist comedies that are really wild and got nominated for Academy Awards and is one of the few comedies ever that won any Academy Awards. A Fish Called Wanda is something special. It really is. And it's on HBO. Nick,
0: what's another pick? My next one is a HBO Films movie. Mm. Yes. It is one of the saddest World War Two movies you'll ever see. Yeah. It's called When Trumpets Fade. Ah, about trumpets. No. fading. Nope. But a bunch of guys stuck in a war. Mm. They don't want to be in. And they know that what they're going to do the next day, they're going to die. And everyone's going to die. So they decide to do something the night before. So it's a true story. They decide to make a podcast. Anyway, what's your next pick? No, no. I, I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, who's in this movie? Ron Eldar. Interesting. When did this come out? Uh, I want to say like 94,
1: 95. Oh, okay. Well, I'm putting it up there. Once again, with Three Fugitives. Ron
0: Livingston's in it, too. Oh, I like Ron Livingston yeah. a
1: lot. He's also kind of an HBO guy. He's in a lot of HBO yeah. stuff. Particularly, I remember his character in Boardwalk Empire is pretty cool. But I will say that that's going with Three Fugitives of something I would like to watch in my containment here. But to be fair, I was already in containment because of what I did. And I have the ankle bracelet. <laughs> it's a whole thing.
0: It, it was a <laughs> totally violent crime.
1: Uh <laughs> Only violent to those paintings. You go into one museum and destroy priceless works of art. And, oh, you have to be under house arrest.
0: I know one person who's not (laughs) laughing at this joke at all.
1: (laughs) It wasn't the Joker in Batman.
0: Kind of like this one, Bob.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I like that painting. So, yes, the next pick will be from me of HBO. It is on the Criterion Collection. It is an auteur film from Mr. Michael Bay. I don't want to... Please don't sing it. I've this sleep. before. I don't want to be in the because I miss you, baby, and I don't want to miss a thing. Okay, listen. That is the theme to a little movie called Armageddon. Okay? It's about what's happening right now, <laughs> in which a comet is about to hit the earth. And we need Bruce Willis and a ragtag crew of oil guys that includes an Affleck and our boy, Mr. Steve Buscemi. Okay, listen to Steve Buscemi episode. It's one of our good ones. I'm just saying, (laughs) they're all good. (laughs) It is one of our superior ones because it's about Mr. Steve Buscemi. There you go. I will say this. It is bizarre because it is both bad and amazing at the same time. I put it up there with like Demolition Man. It has this crazy thing about it. Liv Tyler, isn't it? Looking like a weird angel who flew into the Hollywood universe for this one moment to be just Liv Tyler. This movie, I don't understand it. I watch it. I know that it's stupid. I know that it doesn't make any sense. Why would you send a bunch of oil idiots to save the entire Earth? You can't teach some scientists? You can't teach astronauts how to use an oil drill? My dick. I'm just saying the idea, though, is so cool in a way that it's because it's so stupid. And it's executed in this way where it ended up on the Criterion Collection. That's how good a bad
0: movie it is. Okay? Nick, do you like Armageddon? So my next pick, <laughs> now, I, I only saw it once, yeah. and I kept thinking, this is moronic, but I couldn't you look couldn't away. You couldn't turn it away. You, no. can't turn, you can't turn it off. I did fast forward through the part, though, where uh, that Affleck was oh, yeah. playing with animal crackers <laughs> on Liv Tyler's stomach. Yeah, that's, as much as I enjoy that's looking at Liv Tyler's
1: stomach. That's ups- I know. It's weird. It's both upsetting and arousing. It does, yeah. It's like the movie itself.
0: But uh, our friend Carl Augustin Mm. once told me it's the best movie to watch on acid.
1: I think he might be right. Yeah. It's a great,
0: you're in containment, everything is dumb, embrace the dumb, is what I'm saying. You can't really go outside outside. Right. And you shouldn't smoke too many cigarettes because this thing infects your lungs, so take half a tab. Yeah, and watch yourself Armageddon. Yeah. All right, what's your next pick? My last pick is Mm. the Coen Brothers classic. It is Edgar Wright's favorite film. It is one of my favorite films. I already know what it is. I can never not watch the whole thing when it's on. Yes. It's Raising Arizona. Yes, absolutely. It is Holly Hunter. It is Nicolas Cage, John Goodman, a young William Forsythe, a very young Francis (laughs) McGorman. Oh, yeah. He's an angel. He is. angel. 30% of this movie is just screaming. You have a warthog from hell. This movie is a masterpiece. It is so bizarre. It is so wildly directed. The fucking cinematography is amazing. You got Barry Sonnenfeld. Yes. Who went on to direct Get Shorty and The Addams Family. Men in Black. Men in Black. This movie, anybody can watch this movie. Yes. Anybody can watch this movie. Right. It is bizarrely heartfelt. Everything in it is amazing. Go watch Raising Arizona. To quote Alex, if you haven't seen Raising Arizona yet, pull your head out of your dick or whatever he says.
1: (laughs) That's my catchphrase.
0: That's a catchphrase. Pull your dick out of your
1: head into your ass.
0: There you go. Yeah,
1: nailed it. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. It's the Coen Brothers' best comedy maybe in my mind. It's the best of the young, subtle Nick Cage comedy stuff. His voiceover is one of the coolest voiceovers in the history of cinema. Everything about it works. It's funny. It's weird. It's a true piece of Americana. It gives you this bizarre feel of how America works in this way that is different than anything I've ever seen before. And yeah, it's about family. It's about family. And when you're here, you're family. And there's a never-ending pasta bowl. I love Rising Arizona and I agree. And I could, you know what's funny is I could see the Edgar Wright influence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The sort
1: of cut to shots, these static things, and everything being, everyone taking things not as seriously as they should take things. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. My final pick is the Jean Jacques Annaud*. No. It made some money at the box office, but people seem to forget it. It's one of the coolest, weirdest war movies ever made. It is Enemy at the Gates with. Rachel Weiss and Ed Harris and Jude Law as Vasily Weisschef, who was a real dude, who was a sniper for the Soviet army in the Battle of Stalingrad, who had like 175 confirmed Nazi kills. And it's a very weird war, weird war movie because it's not that much crazy action scenes because the Battle of Stalingrad has already kind of happened. And now it's just this war of attrition but it has this very spooky effect, and I love Jean-Jacques Aeneau's directing, and it's about this chess game between snipers now. It is snipers in this bombed-out city, and they are really who is fighting each other and who is picking people off. And who, and there's this weird chess game between Ed Harris and Jude Law and Rachel Weiss. Judd Law. Judd Law, correct. I'm going to say, yeah, you're right. That is his name. It's his new name. That's his new name. Makes him more likable. It does kind of a little bit. Yeah. But it's funny to remember how awesome Jude Law is as an actor. He's made so many cool movies where he's very different, doing very different things and he just kind of,
0: people just remember him for some of his doofier movies I feel like. And have you seen Enemy at the Gates? I saw it once. Mm. I'm not going to lie. It was just sort of on and I was high as a motherfucker. Yeah. I know. But I remember thinking this is amazing Yeah, and then freaking out and having a cigarette because I was so high. Yeah, and... I saw it in the theater.
1: Oh, no shit. It was awesome in the theater. I've seen it again a couple times. It has some awesome kind of spooky romance stuff to it that's the romance between Jude Law and Rachel Weisz I feel like is one of the more different cinematic romances I've ever seen in any way because they're both killers in a war and the way they get together is so kind of realistic and in your face. I just dug it. And this is the beginning This is the true beginning of the third part of Ed Harris's career as the Black Hat, where Ed Harris as the bad guy, you realize, oh, this could fucking work. And we have seen this on, like, Westworld and shit. I mean, this could fucking work. Ed Harris as the bad guy is awesome. So do yourself a favor, enemy at the gates. I think those are HBO ones. I will say this, though. There's a bunch of good stuff on HBO. And Black Swan is on there. Gross Point Blank aliens big. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff that we had to kind of decide that we weren't going to go into, but those are also picks run out of time
0: and the band played on.
1: Oh yeah. I saw Mr. Holland's opus was on there. I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't know if it's still good. Could be dumb. I don't know, but I kind of wanted to watch it anyways. Well, that was HBO. Maybe we'll come back and do an HBO series thing. If you're trapped in the house and we'll have maybe some of those kind of things. We've got some more coming. We'll do some more stuff for you guys. We're with you solidarity, stay strong, pay attention to how stupid this is and realize what sucks about our society in this. If I'm doing just a blanket thing here, not being political, just kind of keep your eyes open on what failed you. Okay. It wasn't blockbuster film school. All right. We're not with yet. you. Not well, we'll fail you intellectually and things like that, you know, but we will always be your friends. We love you. We're going to keep putting out content until they literally take us off. Well, me, I have to stay here because of what I did. But until they take me off to real prison, we will keep putting out content. And uh, listen, you're in your house. Do drugs. Have a good time. We love you. We'll see you soon.